Hi guys, and welcome to General Gossip, where we ruin rollerblading for all wheel sizes. You can always find us on Instagram by searching General Gossip, or you can contact us by email at generalgossippod at gmail.com. And now, on to the show. Uh, hey, um, it's uh, Adam here. I just wanted you to know, everyone know who's listening that uh, I'm recording in my garage for this episode, so you may hear like random bird noises or uh there's a there's a like a, a 10 cc scooter game in my neighborhood that they go up and down the streets making loud noises so you may hear them or um the screams of an adult male if a bat flies at him because i'm uh terrified of getting rabies but on that note i do want to introduce my guest um here uh, I just want to let everyone know who you are and uh, tell us your history of rollerblading. All right, yeah, my name is Joe Tolman. I'm a former rollerblader, friend of Adams. Um, I live in Rockford, Illinois, um, and yeah, my my history of skating started like I want to say like '93 or '94. Um, with just like wreck blading, like my my mom bought me and my brothers like some cheap Veriflex skates, and uh, that was kind of when the roller hockey thing was really big. Uh, and like every everyone was roller, like everyone had roller blades. Um, so yeah, I got some skates. I just really loved it immediately, and like the in my tiny town called Stillman Valley, Illinois, um, which is, uh, like 10 miles from Rockford, Illinois, where I live now. Um, so yeah, I would always, I lived like in the town. So we would always just like me and my friends would always like put on our skates and go around and like jump the curbs and whatnot and play roller hockey and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I was, I was pretty into it. And then I, uh, I like I remember I vaguely remember seeing like the X Games and stuff and knowing that like rollerblading was a thing, but like I didn't I didn't act, I didn't like understand that that they were using like specific skates. Like I remember um, when I first learned that about like aggressive skates, I was kind of like surprised that they were like these specialty skates with uh, grind spaces and all that. But um, but yeah, so I skated pretty much on it like during the warm warm months from like ninety three ninety four on, and then um, then in two thousand um, I became friends with this dude Mike, um, who uh, started telling me about how he was an aggressive skater and he was totally like full of shit and like I basically figured out after he kind of sold me on on aggressive skating that he didn't really know what he was talking about. He just had like an older neighbor who was like a real skater, I guess. And uh he had told Mike all about aggressive skating and like Mike was just kind of trying to flex like he was like a cool guy. But um but yeah, once once I became friends with Mike, we had, I had like a sleepover, I remember, and he was telling me all about it because we were playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One, like when it had first come out, and uh, 
like pretty much the next day I was like, I got out the rollerblades and was like, dude, let's, let's go skate. Like I want to do this. Um, and I was, yeah, I just kind of jumped in and was super into it right away. And then, uh, I remember my, my, uh, older brother had, uh, his friend had, was a skater, I guess. And he had left a team paradise catalog from probably like 97. Like it was really uh, like dated, but, uh, like I found that in his room. So I just kind of stole it and was like circling all the skates I wanted to get. And then I think my friend Mike actually tried to order a pair and they were, I don't even, I think they must, Team Paradise must have still been around in 2000. Cause I think he did say like they answered and he tried to order a pair and they were like, uh, we haven't had those in like three or four years or whatever. Um, yeah, I want to say like 2000 maybe. Yeah, they must have, like, gone, yeah, they must have gone under, like, uh, right after that, like, I, I don't ever remember hearing about Team Paradise after that, but, um, but yeah, so, like, so, eventually, like, Mike got a pair of rollerblade swindlers, and my parents were, like, kind of cheap, and, like, never wanted to buy me shit, so, like, I had, to pretty much wear my crappy I had like some Wayne Gretzky skates at that point and I just like took out the middle wheels and uh but Mike had the swindlers and he I think he bought a rail from an older kid like a it was just like a rail nailed into two like six inch high like uh two by four stacked and like so I learned how to front side on his skates and I, I think I learned how to grind before he did and he got like really pissed at me and um but like I thought I was so cool cuz I could grind like that that was like that was really it for me and like once we once I did that I was just like full force and I I eventually got um my own pair of the same swindlers from Dick Sporting Goods and uh like there are some friend, other friends who had kind of been hanging around and they ended up getting into like wanting to skate too. So at, at some point we had like four or five kids, I think who had all bought like aggressive skates and we had like a little crew. And, uh, there was, I remember at that time there was, there's was a group of older kids who were probably like 14 or 15. We were, we were like, yeah, 11, 12. Um, and the older kids, where they had a crew called the felony crew. And I mean, there, ha- there had to have been like 10 kids in that crew and there was only a thousand people in our town. So that kind of speaks to like the popularity of rollerblading. I think just like, I can't even believe that there were that many How kids many felonies. Uh, I mean, doubt- well, I will say probably most of those kids now have felonies on their records. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is like, it's like, day, it's like Days and Confused, the movie, like, you know, the small town, like, they were like the burnout guys who, like, mm-hmm. they quit skating, but they, and then they just, like, I don't know, I think, a, I think a couple of them are dead, honestly, <laughs> like, got into heroin and stuff, but, um, but yeah, so they were, like, they were, like, the cool guys, and, um, I only knew like a few of them, um, but 
and they all they pretty much quit like once what probably like six months in for me like i think most of them had stopped rollerblading but um but yeah like uh a couple of the younger guys in the felony crew like there's this dude eric who is like pretty hip to what like he's the one who told me like oh you can't wear uh like rollerblade skates aren't cool you got to get like razors or usds and like he told me you gotta like how to poof out your tongue and like tuck your skates into your or tuck your jeans into your skates um that was kind of the look back then and um he yeah he taught me like some some of like the lifestyle stuff i guess like what was cool and uh that dude's definitely got some felonies by the way that <laughs> he was one of he was in the paper as one of the top 10 most wanted in rockford a couple of years ago um Ooh. he had done yeah, he had done something and was like had a warrant and was just like on the run. But he was pretty cool back in the day. He had to feel bad for him. He had like a troubled home life and shit. But uh but yeah, he uh I think he showed me Rain Fear Gone. Um and like Cootie Ta maybe. And uh he had loaned me like a pair of Solomons, I remember, because he was like, dude, those skates suck. Like the swindlers, like um, he's like Solomon suck too, but they're way better than those. So like that was yeah. I always, That's why he's <laughs> on the run from the law. <laughs> yeah, what did he know, man? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I kind of started hanging with him, and uh, yeah. I, anyway, like I don't know if this was before or after. Like it's kind of in the midst of all that. Like I ended up soul grinding my first handrail, which is like, like a seven stair square rail. Like I pretty much just jumped out, tapped the rail and like, but I was probably like three or four months into skating and like that got me a lot of respect from like those older dudes. Like I just remember it was kind of like this, uh, like word got around like i i was friends with this girl whose older brother was in that felony crew and he was like yo you should you should date that kid he's a badass like like uh i kind of got some street cred because i <laughs> yeah but honestly none of those older dudes were do like would do i think one kid had done that rail prior and he was like one of the better ones so like mm-hmm. i kind of yeah, I was like getting my name out there in our tiny town. But um but yeah, so anyway, that's kind of the intro and then um basically everybody dropped out and quit skating. Like I think within a year I was the only one who still skated and uh so I was just always skating alone and um like I had a couple friends, like I remember my friend Tori he had moved to Stillman and he had already skated prior. Like he had some backyard bobs and, um, and he was decent. Like he'd go to the pit, which was like the skate park in Rockford. Um, like before he met me. So he had already kind of had like a point of reference and stuff. So I didn't have to like, like teach him. Like I, yeah. But, um, so yeah, I had a couple friends who would like, skate for a couple months and be into it and then I just like wouldn't hear from him for a year 
but mm-hmm. so it was, pr- it was pretty much just me skating alone. And, um, yeah, I lived in like this small town outside of the bigger town that actually had the skate park. So like, it, it was like a 20 minute drive. My parents weren't like super keen on taking me there. It was also in like a really bad neighborhood. Um, which yeah, I don't think like, my, yeah, I don't think my you, parents really cared about that surprisingly, but. Like the, but, it was like what near South side. I remember it, it was like an, Oh, um, it was like far on, west side. Oh, west side. Okay. Cause I was trying to remember like how I would go being, cause like a little back history on me is like, I'm from a town called Dixon, Illinois. And that's like 45 minutes south of uh, Rockford. So it's like, we'd go north, but then I always forget at what point we'd enter the city at to go there. And how many times did you pay to actually skate at the pit? I mean, I always paid. You like, always paid? Dude, like, like, funny story is, like, I went to, I actually went to school in Rockford, like, my, I went to Catholic school, so, like, mm-hmm. I would, and my school was on the west side, so, like, I, st- I started going there, like, on Tuesdays, because it was pay half day, okay. and I would go there, like, at four, because that was when it opened, and I would be the only one there, and, like, Mike Kaiser, like, the owner of the pit would charge me the full price, and I was, like, too afraid to say something, <laughs> and... <laughs> Like just be like, oh, I thought it was three fifty, but you would just be like, yep, seven dollars, and probably just trying to get that extra three fifty because no one well, was there. But yeah, I always pay. Got you got to make up for me because like, um, close your eyes and imagine it's like there's a front door, and then you hit a wall once you enter the door. If you go to your right, it's the skate shop, it's the pro shop with where you like you go in and pay. But if you just keep going left, it's the park. I think I've maybe paid four times. I just and walk in and went to the left. That's crazy. And that's what I sh- probably sh- – well, you know, I don't regret it because no. supporting the local park. And I miss that place so much now. Like, um, But, yeah, so I would, like – yeah, I would always pay. Like, I didn't, I didn't even think to do that. But I didn't even towards, know. <laughs> towards the end, though, they were like, they were super cool. Though said the end, like if you were like a regular there, like we never paid full price, or mm-hmm. they never made us wear helmets either. Like we kind of got like the the special treatment towards the end of that place. Um, so yeah, lots of love for that place. And I'm Mike Kaiser is actually dating or married to uh, Ian Bumphrey. Uh, ants now so so yeah I'm like kind of friends with him now and he's like super cool and gracious for like I don't think he he says he remembers me I really don't believe that but I just like go with it (laughs) like like, there's a thousand kids coming yeah I did a speech at Ian's wedding and mentioned the pit and he was like super like stoked and like I don't know yeah he's super cool guy now so oh good I forgive him for charging me full price. <laughs> he should only charge me half. But uh But yeah, so I don't remember where where I was at in my um uh, my uh story, but but yeah, so yeah, I had some friends who would 
skate here and there, but usually I was skating alone in and around my town and like um there's like a handicap rail in Stillman that was like super sick and like it wasn't like cemented into the ground. They had just like drilled holes in the concrete, so like when people would skate it, it would just get like progressively lower. So um it was essentially like this probably forty foot long handicap rail and uh it started out at like lower than knee high. Like um so it was like a really good practice rail. And uh I think your boy, I think you and Pato and I listened to Pato's interview and you mentioned Greg. I think that guy like is the reason that rail got torn out and I'm like still kind of pissed about that because uh I think him and Danimal came to Stillman to skate that and the rail was split in the middle like it was connected but like when it got lowered from people skating it the rail like disconnected in the middle so it was just like this free standing like handrail and it was like kind of bouncy and he tried to like he just like first try I think tried to like grind it and then jump to the other end but like you know like when he tried to transfer it like trampolined him up and like completely threw him up in the air and I think he like landed on his head and was like bleeding everywhere and like had to go to the ER and uh Danny just, like, was, like, knocking on the windows, like, oh, we need help. Like, I mean, this was before cell phones and all that. So, like, so they were, like, holy shit. Like, and, yeah, they called an ambulance, and, like, those rails were gone, and I never knew why. And I was, like, when he he told me about that years later, like, laughing about it. And I was, like, hey, dude, fuck you. You, like, really, you took away the only thing I had and, like, yeah, I knew that would happen. Like, I wasn't trying to, like, it was just, I, to me, I was, yeah, I was pissed because I felt like, um, you gotta kind of respect what you're skating. And, uh, especially if you're going into other people's territories and stuff, like, I was pretty upset to find out that, uh, they were the reason that rail was gone. Mm-hmm. But, but anyways, um, yeah, so I started, like, I actually started, like, getting, I wouldn't say good at like handrails, but I just like learned the fundamentals. Like I, I did like my first top side on a handrail, like on the high, on the high side of that rail. There, were, I should say there were two rails and the left side never got skated. So I like that rail was actually normal. So I like learned to top horn that, like, uh, or I'm sorry, top star that, uh, I think that's what they're calling it now. Um, but yeah, I learned like how to do that. I actually did the whole rail and stuff when I was like 13 and I was getting for like, at least for what I had, I was getting kind of nice on the skates. Um, and then, um, eventually I started, uh, meeting some kids in like the greater Rockford area who were like actually serious about skating and not just like hobbyists. So like I, yeah, I met Ian Bumphrey, Wes Niemeyer, Joel Ford, Chris Villiers, um, this dude Phil Went, 
Um, and then eventually like Cal Clark, his brother, Matt, um, and Todd Trosper was another early one who was like, and Todd was super cool back in the day too. Like a lot of the good kids in Rockford were kind of like, they just didn't want anything to do with like posers, quote unquote. Like, mm-hmm. but Todd, Todd was like super cool from the, like the first day I met him. And like, we, we didn't really become friends for a while, but like, I knew if he, like, if he was ever there, we'd, like, session, and, like, he's super cool and positive, and always really good at skating, and he still is, like, really, like, mysteriously just really good at skating naturally. But, yeah, he's got a nice flow to him, just, like, at the parks in the area. He's got, like, the Peter Pan thing going on where he's, like, he's, like, four years older than me, but, like, super... Uh, just youthful. I don't know his secret, but like he looks the same now that he did like when he was fifteen. It's kind of eerie. <laughs> just never. Yeah. He never. He's got the same glasses too. So like it's like the exact same look. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Todd. I love that guy. I just I just hung out with him like last weekend. But uh, but yeah. So I started. Uh, I started kind of building this network and um yeah we had like a little crew and we were kind of like the outcasts of like there's like the real crew in, in Rockford the ILC crew they were called um I think most of them became like rappers and like graffiti artists and I, honestly some of them are like pretty respected graffiti artists like working for like this one dude's working for like Nike and the Chicago Cubs and all this stuff, like just doing like um, commissioned murals and stuff. So that's pretty cool. But, um, cool. but yes, but they were kind of like on that hip hop. Like, I don't know if that was everywhere in that time, but like, yeah, they were definitely hip hop oriented skaters. Um, but kind of closed off and not really in, interested in, hanging out with little kids like us. So we kind of just did our own thing. And like, like through that, I, I, I eventually like made a website that was like, the goal was to kind of like unify like Northern, like outside of Chicago, Northern Illinois Mm -hmm. skaters. And like, that's where I met, or I think I knew you somehow. I don't remember how, but um, I feel like that's when we, when I kind of like, became friends with you i feel like like i've probably like met you at the dixon park at some point or like we i I met at the pit yeah that could be i used to go to that like me and my friend tori that i was talking about earlier we would go to dixon and like street skate because we could just get dropped off and like you guys had some spots like if i remember correctly there was like a pretty good amount to like good handrail like we didn't really fuck with the handrails but i remember mm-hmm. like seeing like that courthouse was like oh yeah like made for skating like they're like super mellow <laughs> low rails um but yeah so that's that's a possibility like if i met you there i don't remember it but we we definitely skated that park um back then in like 2000 2001 
<laughs> but um, but yeah. But anyway, I started the the that website. It was called Eight One Five Rollerblading, and I like my goal was to just like have a place where like skaters from the general Rockford area and like shortly outside could like kind of have a base and like just trying to like build something. And uh I don't know, I got so much hate for that from like the older kids that I ended up taking it down. And I, I really regret that because like, I think I was, I think if I would have saw it through, like, and we would have just kept it going, we probably could have, like, I think it was a good thing, and I just got, like, discouraged by haters who are, like, essentially these, like, wankster dudes who, like, weren't doing anything themselves, like, they weren't, they weren't filming or, like, like, putting anything out or, like, producing anything to, like, solidify their spot and I, I think they were just kind of like intimidated or like threatened that someone else was doing that and they weren't involved or something but yeah I just remember I had a guest book and like they were like a bunch a couple guys were like anonymously posting and being like you guys are park rats you don't know shit like fuck with ILC see what happens like just some dumbass like macho uh ridiculous stuff that i let it i let it get to me and i really wish i i hadn't done that because i do think we can, i i think we were kind of building something um that was kind of cool but but yeah but anyway like through that like i kind of yeah we kind of formed a, a crew like a pretty good amount of skaters and we started like street skating together and we all we were like 15 16 and I, I just feel like the progression at that age happens like um really quick and like uh everyone just starts feeding off each other and like we like just like in one summer we all got like a lot better than we were going in and um yeah, we were filming and stuff, and, like, I was putting out shitty edits and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, that didn't last very long, and, like, I think pretty much everyone in that crew quit. Like, probably, that was probably 2004 when we were, like, fully formed. And then by, like, 2005, um, it was me and Ian. <laughs> and then Todd, Todd would be around but he was kind of like hanging out with the madison dudes and like um he was in roscoe which is like a north suburb of rockford and it's pretty close to like janesville and madison so like we would skate with him when we'd see him but um yeah we didn't really like we weren't like friends so like uh, yeah my like my senior year of high school it was just like I just remember me and Ian Bumphrey were skating like every every day we could and like filming like during the winter especially and it was just like no fun <laughs> and like just like trying to get clips in the cold and like smoking a shitload of like crappy weed um yeah not the 
like now I kind of look at that fondly, but it, it honestly wasn't, wasn't really a fun time, but we were just trying to keep it going, you know? Um, and then I think eventually we kind of started rolling with, uh, the pipe kids in Janesville cause they were like the closest city and like their kids our age. Um, so we started, uh, going up there a lot during one winter and like, kind of became friends with like they that like just for some context the pipe skate park in Janesville was pretty much a rollerblader park which is like unheard of like I honestly can't even believe that place was real but like all the obstacles were like super fat round coping um like they had that big ASA box with like the grind boxes and the rail um most of the kids at the park rollerbladed, like, like there was just like a shitload of kids who were all like wearing the clothes, had like the newest setups. Like it was, it was weird. Like for such a nowhere, um, town, <laughs> like Janesville's like kind of a shithole. No offense to anyone from Janesville, but, uh, no, yeah, no, not. Yeah, I'm sure AP might be, but, um, but yeah, it was just weird. There was like so many kids skating and I, most of them, I don't even remember their names, but like DJ Jackson was probably my first friend. Um, I don't know what the hell's going on with that dude now, but, um, shout out to that guy. Um, Zach Kramer was like a little kid. I remember he was like, young and he's in new york city now like doing a bunch of he's still skating and mm-hmm. killing it um but yeah ian bowser a ashley peterson and rape hornigold like we started kind of rolling with those guys and and they through them like we started going to like events and contests in wisconsin and like <laughs> kind of became friends with like the madison dudes um like uh Bob Lee, Brandon Sandwick, Zach Hamill, um Lane, Le- Lederman, I think Lederman, Letterman, Lenderman, um, something like that. James Provience. So there's a bunch of dudes. Like the Madison dudes are super cool. Um But yeah, so that was probably like two I don't know, skated with those dudes like up until like 2008 2009 um and then i don't i don't know exactly what happened but i think like after that we kind of like it it kind of became me and ian again like and todd like like at some point i had become good friends with todd trosper and i think we kind of like stopped fucking with the janesville dudes because there was some stuff going on there um I think around that same time is when I started, like, going to rock for, like, once a week to skate. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that was probably, yeah, yeah, no. I think you're totally right. Um, so, yeah, I would say that that was probably 2009 when you started coming up. Mm-hmm. And I think we just kind of, I feel like we were kind of, like, always in the shadow of, like, we were always kind of at the mercy of the Janesville dudes. 
like if they were filming something like we we were just kind of dependent on if they decided to include us in their edit or whatever and Mm -hmm. that just wasn't really I mean that was fine I was cool that they were putting us in stuff and like I nothing against those guys but I think I think at a certain point I started feeling like I don't I think we should just kind of do our own thing and um yeah like film our own shit like and we yeah we just kind of started doing that and yeah we uh I I like I did have some negative experiences with those guys I'm not gonna lie like uh kind of rubbed me the wrong way like I I don't know I I don't really keep up with them now but I feel like there was like some uh like there's kind of a lack of respect for us going on there like it's kind of hard to explain but like we were kind of fucked with a little bit like like for instance I would I would do a trick and Ian would photograph it and then like dudes would come into town and I mean I'll be honest like AP Ashley Peterson uh like I don't even like it's all love now I don't really care but like he would basically do the same trick that I did but like make sure to do it bigger and like better and like Mm -hmm. Ian would take a photo of that and it's kind of hard to like interpret that in any other way than like like I don't know like I just thought it was like kind of that's kind of douchey you know like if a trick's been done like you can do it like I don't care but it just it just felt really like he was trying to like one up me and yeah. I mean I don't got I don't do that you know that's not how I that's not why I like got into skating and stuff so and dude is like way a million times better than me so it's not like I'm like it wasn't a competitive thing it was just like why are you doing that like other like are you trying to like it was like asserting dominance or something like some weird alpha male bullshit that I don't I don't really like to partake in. So, and then there are some other things too. Like I, I, I went to hang with Rafe one time and like, uh, like I, we were just going to like party and then go like skate the pipe or something. I think it was like in the middle of winter. And, uh, I mean, I was like 19 like pretty naive in like the partying world but I just like to like smoke weed and like drink keystone lights or whatever and that's usually what we would do and like I yeah I rolled up there I got there and like he was with this other dude and like they had a bong loaded and they're like hey take a hit of this and I was like okay like oh yeah by the way like it's salvia I'm like, what? Like, yeah, this is Selvia. Like, we're all doing it, man. It's crazy. And I, for whatever reason, I did it. And, like, 
man, I had like the worst experience I've ever had on like a drug. Like it was like terrifying. Like I, I straight up like went to another world and, uh, I just like woke up and like, I just got like the worst vibes I've ever gotten from people. I, it's hard to explain because obviously I was like fucked up on something, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I just, it was just like these dudes were like kind of having a laugh at me. And that kind of made me like decide, I don't think I want to like hang out with these people anymore. So, so anyway, we started like kind of doing our own thing and skating with other people who were cool. Um, like Dylan Davis and like the, the pre like, uh, Haitian mag days when he was like a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he would come into town and like he put us in his video and stuff like, that dude was really cool. All those yeah dude guys were like super rad. Um, but yeah, I just started kind of like branching out and, um, and then we would, we started skating like with the Madison dudes directly instead of like going through the, the pipe crew. And, um, yeah, just started kind of finding our own spot. And then, um, I feel like my skating started, started to get like more dialed in and like, um, at least to my standards, I was getting like a lot better. And then like, um, yeah, I started getting like, okay. And then like filming for like what would be my pretty much final edit ever, um, in 2009. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of where, where I'll end this. Like, like, uh, yeah, I started, uh, like, film, me and Ian started filming for this edit that, uh, I was working really hard on, and it, like, and I don't think I realized it at the time, but I think it was kind of like my farewell to rollerblading edit, like, it was, I was, like, kind of putting everything into it, mm-hmm. and, uh, ended up doing a lot of, like, tricks I, like, that were kind of, like, on my list of, like, dream tricks, and, like, pretty much after I put that out, in 2009 I just like I don't think I didn't really like fall out of skating till probably like 2013-14 but like that was when I stopped filming and stopped like skating handrails um like after I put that edit out almost immediately I just kind of quit skating street and like um just kind of slowly drifted away didn't you like spend a summer at Woodward Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, 2007, I worked at Woodward. Um, just randomly, I, like, my buddy Cal Clark um, went to school at U of I in Champaign, and uh, me and his brother Matt went to go visit him. So I, th- I think this probably would have been 2006. We went to visit him, and, like, he lived in, like, this party house. And, um, we were just kind of staying there because they were having, like, a Halloween party and, like, just went there to, like, skate and party it up. And, uh, I met this dude, Joe Dummett, who was, uh, going to school there. And Mm -hmm. he was just, he was just skating with us. And he's like, oh, yeah, I worked at Woodward, blah, blah, blah. And I, like, uh, I just asked him, like, about, like, how did you get a job there? Like, and he's like, oh, dude, like, if he just kind of gave me the rundown, like, 
do, just put in an application, put me as a reference. Like if you apply now, like you'll get hired. And like, I think me and Ian both applied and I got the call back and Ian didn't. Uh. Um, yeah, but that was fucking, that was super cool. Like I honestly, I, I worked there for three weeks and they offered to, um, have me stay longer. And I, I, I really regret not just, I think I probably would have been there the whole summer. Like, mm-hmm. and I really regret not doing that because like, it was just a really cool experience. And you're at Woodward, like the, the coolest place in the world, you know, for skaters. And I really what? did have a good time there. Like, I don't know why I left early. Like, they straight up were like, hey, we want you to stay. Uh, I think I just didn't want to have to counsel the kids. Like, I was, uh, I was like the skate park supervisor for my job. And I think they're just going to, like, if you want to stay there, you pretty much got to be a counselor. And I think I was just, like, intimidated by that prospect. Yeah. So, what goes into the application for Woodward exactly at that time? I, I on man, I don't really remember. I think you just like print out a PDF from their website and then like, it's just like a job application. Okay. So do you have to like, like prove like that you skate like a, like a, like a video or like a photograph? No, I think you just check. Cause there, I mean, there were people there who weren't like good at skating. Like, or I would, not for the rollerbladers, but I was like for like some of the skateboarders and BMXers. Like they weren't really like, they were pretty like remedial level. So I think you just check a box, like what your discipline is. I'm sure it's, di- I'm sure it's much different now, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't hard. I didn't expect, like I honestly forgot that I had applied and then I got like a weird phone call and, um, uh, I didn't answer it. I remember I was like in school at the time and like, like, I don't know this number. And then like, I got a voicemail and they were offering me a job and it was like pretty mind blowing. Awesome. Yeah. And that was, yeah, that, that was a fun, fun few weeks. Like I remember Julian Ba, he was being paid by Woodward to be a pro and like they put them up in this dope ass, like, like, uh, living space, you're getting paid, you're getting fed. I don't know, but he was going like, he was breaking all of the rules and, uh, he eventually got fired and kicked out because he, they were playing some game, like some like tag or something. Like they would do that after like dinner with the kids, like, and they would try to get, like, the, the visiting pros involved. But some kid, like, grabbed his hat. And he, like, if I remember right, he, like, attacked. He, like, came at the kid like he was about to beat his ass. And, like, someone stopped him and was, like, get the fuck out of here. And he had to, he had to like, buy a tent. And he was straight up living in the woods of rural Pennsylvania in a tent for like um however many days until he could get like 
somebody to pick him up and take him to like Philly to mm-hmm. catch a plane. And like we, I remember we ended up going to his campsite and like smoking blunts with him. <laughs> and like, well, yeah, just in hindsight, I'm like, wow, that guy, guy was a douchebag. And then, I mean, there's other stuff that happened in later years that I find it kind of baffling that rollerblading as a whole has like agreed to forget about with that guy. Um, but in my experience, not a good dude. I hope he's doing better though. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He's, from, I what wish him the best. from what I'm seeing, he's, he's doing a lot better now. Okay. Like, cool. He's had his past demons and he's, work through them. Okay, well, I'm very glad. <laughs> Good. Uh, but, um, earlier in our, your conversation, you talked about, like, like, how, like, you start, like, slowing down with skating, like, you said, like, 2009 was, like, your swan song for, like, content, and then after that, it was, like, just stop skating street, and then eventually stop skating altogether. Um, that kind of brings me to the topic I like to talk to you about, which is burnout. Um, it's something that like we all experience and like, I like, I like to talk about like, burnout with rollerblading itself. Um, like, so you have stop skating. Do you like keep up with like content at all? Like, you know, like on BMAG, they'll, you're like all the, all the people like, yeah, I've been skating like five years. I just come on here and I keep up with stuff. It's like, like, is that you? I mean, I don't know if that's the best analogy, because I feel like a lot of those dudes on BMAG are just, like, not even there for the roller play. Or, I mean, obviously, BMAG's dead, but, yeah, like, that was, I remember seeing a lot of that, and, like, those dudes were just annoying, because they were there for, like, like, making, like, porn posts, and, like, not really contributing anything to like, to, like, the culture, I guess. Yeah. Okay, yes, I get you. So, like, yeah, I would say, like, I'm a fan of skating, and, like, I, I, I've always kept up with it, and I've always tried to, like, um, like, represent it in the ways I can as, like, an outsider, but I, I will say, like, rollerbladers are kind of a weird group of people and they don't seem to like appreciate that I guess like not that I care like I don't want their like approval but it's just kind of like if I I do kind of feel like if you're not an active skater like you're kind of looked at like I don't know like negatively and it's like in my from my perspective I'm like hey like people grow up and if you look at skateboarding for instance like that whole industry survives on non-skaters pretty much like Mm -hmm. the people keeping that alive are the people who don't do it but i i do do feel like there's kind of like this attitude like we don't want you if you don't skate then shut the fuck up and go away kind of thing so i've like it's like okay i respect i respect that like i i don't want to bother you guys but but no i've always been a a fan and Mm -hmm try to keep up with it like i i think being on the outside like i 
oddly enough, being up, being outside of it, I think I've like refined my view of like what kind of skating I like to see and like what I don't like to see and like what I think is cool and what isn't. And like, I don't know if I really had that when I skated. Like, I think I was just down for anything because I was so like immersed in rollerblading, like every like my social life was rollerblading my like like everything was just rollerblading so like my exposure to like anything was through the lens of skating and uh now I like kind of growing out of it I've been exposed to all this other like art and culture and stuff and like Mm -hmm. I kind of view it through that lens now and there's like some stuff that I really like some stuff that I don't care for um and I think it's just it's kind of weird now because I, I can like see edits and I'm like, yeah, this is, this isn't cool because like it just doesn't appeal to like, I don't know. I just see it through an outsider lens. Yeah. And, uh, I think my taste in general has gotten much better since I kind of settled down in rollerblading. Um, and that kind of translates into my taste in skating and what I like to see and what I think is cool. Um, but. I don't know. I don't, I kind of forgot where I was going with that, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. it's good. To, yeah. It's good to have like a perspective where like your heads are not, your head's not stuck in the weeds. Like you can actually look up and see, um, like a good example of this would be like a non aggressive skater. Like if they see what, uh, what we would do, it's like, what they're going to pop the most for is going to be uh, big gaps, big spins, big flips. And it's like grinds, like what, like what a skater would pop the most for is something that they're not going to care about. It's like, that just looks, looks dumb. I want to like, go big, go home kind of mentality. Yeah. Well, you know, I kind of disagree. Like I, I, I remember you said something like that in Pato's uh, podcast and I totally get where you're coming from, but I think it's all about like, I don't think it's necessarily the big stuff. I think it's just kind of how you do it. Cause like I, like we were talking about that Ryan Parker dude off, off recording and like that dude isn't doing big stuff and he's doing super technical like grinds. But I think that dude is like extremely entertaining to watch and like he's got like a shitload of Instagram followers like who I assume aren't, I assume his followers aren't only rollerbladers. Like, I don't know if you can really get that many followers um, just from being in a niche sport like rollerblading. So I think there is, like, appeal. And, like, the Kelsos, too, like, they're just doing, like, super technical stuff. But it's almost like like breakdancing or something. Like, there's, like... Uh It's, like, on small objects, but it's, like, there's, like, a finesse to it that I think is really, it really does have mass appeal, and I think that's really cool, and it doesn't, they're not breaking their necks to do it, like, so, so, I I mean, I do agree with you to an extent, but I think, like, if you can just, I think people like skating when it's, I don't know, like, when it's unique and original and, like, coming from a place where just like any other art form, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, but yeah, I think mass, mass appeal, like a lot of the stuff, I don't think 
I think it does. I, I think you do kind of get the blinders on when you're like insulated in rollerblading and like, um, I can appreciate the stuff cause I know what goes into it. But when I like show it to my girlfriend, she doesn't care. But, but yeah, if I show her like some, like I showed my girlfriend Danny Beer's latest thing and like she thought that was like cool as hell and I was kind of like I don't know is it though like <laughs> I don't, no I, I like that dude and some of it like but I think yeah I think like purveying like the fun aspect and like really utilizing rollerblades for what they are and not not just like trying to mimic a skateboard video or something like yeah I think that stuff does have mass appeal that like I don't know if even rollerbladers fully realize some of that stuff. Yeah. Like I have a five year old daughter, so as like a great source of trying to see if something's like appealing and or not. It's like like does she like it? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, like that was a thing with my because I have nieces and nephews and my nephew's like fifteen now. But when he was, like, seven or eight, I was trying to get him into rollerblading, and I would show him stuff that, like, I would show him, like, Chris Haffey leading the blind, expecting, like, his head to explode, but he would be like, I could do that, check out this, like, and he'd show me, like, some Travis Pastrana, like, triple backflip on a motorcycle, and I'm like, well, like, like... When you have access to everything, yeah, I feel like it's hard to, like, I don't know. It's hard to, like, sell rollerblading to little kids sometimes. But that's cool if your daughter's into it, though. Like, She most I, likes my skating. Oh, man. Well, that's, that's great. Yeah. I just got make content for her now. <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. Put out that, that edit. I'm working on one. I'm working on one. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, like, yeah, it's like you said, like, shifting the focus. Um, so, like, you started putting, like, like, skating was number one. And then, like, I feel like I know, I, I kind of feel at the, the point where you start burning out. It's like, because you were going to, like, Northern Illinois University, like, right after I did. And it's probably around that time. It's like where you start, like, putting your art above skating. Yeah, I think, like, I and I think that just comes down to, like, getting older. Like, I mm-hmm. I feel like I got a lot of, like, shit for, like, not wanting to skate as much, like, from my skater friends. Like, it's just like, oh, Joe doesn't even skate anymore, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> I mean, basically Ian Bumphrey, <laughs> like, I feel like was, like, bummed that I wasn't into skating but it's at the same time like I kind of cut down on skating when I was like 21 22 which I think is like perfectly understandable like to like break away from something that is physically demanding and like like and I was getting hurt a lot too I should say like that's a lot of why I cut back like my Mm -hmm. Like, when I was filming my kind of last edit, like, I would literally go film, and the next, like, three days, I wouldn't be able to walk 
because like my back was so fucked. Like, like I was going to a chiropractor, practor and doing all this stuff. Like I, w- I would just be like completely out. Um, and I think that just speaks to my, like, I think my body type, I'm like tall and lanky and I don't think I properly like, um, would like hold my tricks like the way you should. Like I was putting, I was just putting a lot of pressure on my lower back and like, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like just one session I'd be fine. And I would wake up the next day and I would be like wincing in pain and like I having to ice my back all the time. And like, um, and it just kind of became like the routine, like go skate, be hurt and then my wrists like I probably broke several bones in my wrists like numerous times and just never like I could move them so I assumed they were fine um but like it I would skate just like the mini ramp at our local park one fall where I would catch myself on my wrist I'd be done like it would just like shoot up pain in my arm and I was like fuck this like this is (laughs) not fun at all like um, so yeah, that was a big part of it as well. But like, um, but yeah, I think just getting older and my, like, I don't think I really like anticipated like my life past age 21, like as a young skater, like, mm-hmm. and when I kind of got there, I was like, I want the joy that I have from skating to like last my whole life. And like, um, I've always been an artist to some degree and like, I'm honestly a better artist than I was a rollerblader, I think. So it kind of just made sense. Like, well, I'm getting older now. I need to like find a way to like make a living or at least even not, <clears throat> even maybe not make a living, but just like have a creative focus, um, Cause that's really important to me, I think. And skating was kind of my creative focus. Cause like not necessarily the skating, but like just putting out, out the edits and stuff. Like that was what I really like kind of got off on was like, like working towards an edit. Um, like the presentation. Like shoot, yeah. Yeah. And the process of building something to like put out there, like. Like, in hindsight, I don't think I realized it then, but that's, like, 100% what I really loved was, like, like going out, clipping up, and, like, building something um, to put out there for, like, 150 people to see. <laughs> um, oh, man, you cut so, my yeah. views. Uh, actually, some of my YouTube shit... Um, like I have a Rockford edit from 2004. I think it has like 5,000 views, um, and it's probably like I'm not proud of anything in there. But from the skating to the editing to the music choice, it's all bad. But <laughs> it's all 2004. Because, yeah, I mean I was literally 15 when I made that, or 16. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so. It, garnered some views somehow but but yeah so I think um it was just really more of a thing of like getting older and like wanting to express myself creatively and uh 
getting to that point where skating wasn't really as fun anymore and like want like wanting something that could be there for me long term which I found in like art um and yeah I started going I went back to school like we were doing those stupid Rockford art shows I think you were in one or two yeah those emerging um, artist stuff yeah that was kind of the start of it um for me, like, looking at art in the... I mean, it really... Yeah, in hindsight, it really was the same, like, approach I had for skating. Like, oh, I want to, like, put together this body of work, get it out there, and, like... Um, I I don't know. I, I just kind of, like... That had a lot more of a gratifying result for me. So I kind of just started going there, and I didn't... I didn't consciously stop skating but yeah like i think with the injuries um with achieving a lot of the stuff i wanted to do Mm -hmm. and and honestly i should say kind of go back like before i really quit the minnesota dudes were on tour like chris farmer jeff howard mike garlinghouse brett dasevec john bellino what video was that again I know I uh, have too, too much love too. Oh yeah, the second one. So I remember for, for I a stacked video, not a good video in my opinion. <laughs> that video should have been amazing. Since, yeah, I haven't really seen it since like it came out. Like it's in my basement with like my DVDs, my role-playing DVDs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like Blake Cohen, he filmed that. That guy is a great dude. Like. I mean, I haven't talked to him for a while, but that dude was super cool. Um, Aaron Peterson, I think his name was. He was one of those guys. Like, that dude was super cool. But oh, yeah, the king of the backside? The backslide? Yeah, I mean. backslide. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so those guys were on tour for this video. They had just done Chicago. And, like, every fucking rollerblading video where they decide to take an old RV out, like, the thing shits out. And... um and no one learns. I'm, no one ever learns. Yeah, exactly. Every I think every video where there's an RV involved, it breaks down. But mm-hmm. but so those dudes were leaving Chicago, and I think that was this was 2009. So I think um, Tracy had just moved, or I don't even think Tracy had moved back here. Tracy White. Um, I think he was around that time because I think he moved back. No, I think he was still in L.A. He was still in L.A.? Yeah, he was because he he basically designed the new park we got. And um, I remember he was away because he was asking me, like, hey, how is it? And I had to tell him, like, they had fucked up a bunch of the design. And, like, it was they're supposed to be, like, round coping on a bunch of stuff. And they had, like, put angle iron on. So I had told him, like, dude, it sucks. Like, they, it's all angle iron. And not really realizing, like, I I think I kind of upset him because I was, like, being, like, negative about the free park that had opened. But at the same time, he had had all these specific instructions to have it rollerblader friendly, and they completely disregarded it and were like, no, skateboarders like angle iron better, so we put that on it. And he ended up, like, making them fix it, so I'm glad that I did complain. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this so, Cherry Valley Park. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm he must have not. So he wasn't here 
Um, but he was like coming back to like do these events. So he had, uh, so he had had a big comp in Rockford that was like covered by one and like Alex Brasco was there. I remember. And he were you the, uh, he shut off the AB golds there. Yeah. That was, yeah. Were you there? Well, of course I was there. It, it was, oh, uh, man. I'm sorry for not the one that got rained out. Oh, yeah, no, it I was, mean, it was like, it was packed. So it's like, I remember I saw you for a second and it's like, at some point, I'm, like, underneath a tree talking with Colin Martin forever. And then, like, there's Broscow, like, just being very Broscow with his new skates. And, like, yeah. Unapproachable, in a way. Yeah, that should have been, like, and it, I'm really sad because that was kind of, like, the culmination of, like, I don't know. There was no rollerblading, no real rollerblading scene in Rockford. I feel like me and Ian and Todd were holding it down. Like it was like dangling by a thread. And that was kind of like the culmination of like, like all my, all my out of town, like all my friends from Madison were there. Like the Milwaukee people were there. Um, like Chicago was there in full effect. And then it like got rained out and, that was like such a bummer, but but anyway, Garling House was there, and Ian had taken him to a couple spots. So he was like, "Hey man, we're gonna be touring. I think we're gonna like Rockford has some spots. Like I think we're gonna we're gonna make a stop here." So we're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like didn't think much of it, but yeah, they so they those guys do Chicago, and then they're like, "Hey, we're coming to Rockford." Um, we're going to hit some spots, like, uh, we'll meet you at the skate park. So, like, we're like, okay, yeah, man, this is crazy. Like, these guys are coming to Rockford, and Rockford's going to get in this video with, like, Chris Farmer and John Bellino, um, and Jeff Howard. Like, that's really cool. Like, uh, and then, like, 20 minutes later, they're like, yo, we are rv broke down in they were in marengo i think it's like an exurb i would call it like it's uh not it's like the farthest rural community it's basically like the last of the it's like the weird area between rockford and chicagoland mm-hmm. so it's not quite chicagoland but it's like it's very like good old boys, small town, but it's basically becoming like a suburb, I guess now. But the people there don't know it. It's definitely there's definitely a lot of like Pritzker sucks and like uh, Trump 2020 flags, even though <laughs> like there are still uh, Trump 2020 flags flying there. Yeah, back to the story, I guess. Um, the dudes from Minnesota got stuck in. Marengo, and uh, we had to, like, pretty much bail them out, like, pick them up. They took their car to a body, or the RV to a body shop, and then we, like, we had two car loads of dudes, and it was kind of just like, hey, uh, we have nowhere to stay, like, can we stay with you? And my parents had a big-ass house, like, speaking of white flight, <laughs> <laughs> my my parents' house in Stillman Valley. It's like this compound. Um, in How many brothers and sisters do you have? Um, I have 
three siblings, and this house could comfortably fit 19, uh, (laughs) (laughs) complete, uh, yeah, unnecessarily big Mm -hmm. place. They don't live there anymore, so I'll give them that. But, but yeah, they had this, this huge house with all these spare bedrooms, so I was like, let me call my mom and see if you guys can stay. So, and they were cool with it. So, like, they, uh, and they were like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just stay with you and then, uh, we'll wait for the RV to get, um, I don't know. It basically ended up being where they were, like, at my house for, I think, like, a week and get fixed, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I was just kind of like, so we were going out and, like, like, I had, I had jobs. I was in school. And I was kind of having to, like, work around all that to, like, accommodate these guys and, like, make sure we were out getting clips and, like, or, like, I was taking them to spots. So, like, yeah, they they settle in. We're, we're, like, hanging out, having fun, whatever. And then, like, we're take me and Ian are taking them to all of our spots. And I, I just remember, like, the first day, like, we went we took them to like this kind of obscure spot that like we didn't really skate. It was like this weird bank spot, but like the skate skateboarders were really into that spot. So we thought like, Hey, maybe these dudes will be into this. And, um, yeah, that ditch on Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they like, they did clip it up. Like they got clips, but I remember one of the guys, I'm not going to name names was like, Hey man, why isn't this like ripped and waxed like you guys are supposed to be doing work like <laughs> like he kind of like he's kind of like a douchebag like hey like if i lived here i would have like had this spot ready to go if you're gonna take people and we're like um okay like sorry that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit and we ended up taking him out two or three days and like man Sorry, my cat's like crying like crazy. I don't know if you can uh, hear that. Now on the show, who is the cat? What's the cat's name? Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Kevin, what is your history of rollerblading? Kevin, say something. <laughs> he says hi. <laughs> hey, Kev. He's a good boy. Yeah, but uh, sounds like it. But yeah, we. I mean, they fucking like loaded up on clips. Like, I mean, props to those guys for, like, non-ideal circumstances, like... Making it work. We took... Yeah, I mean, I feel like half that video is Rockford Spots. Like, um... They really, like... And they were doing, like, this BMAG, like, blog thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, post... And, I like, Aaron Peterson was writing it, and he was, like, super, like, cool. Like, I think he said, like, Rockford should be called Pulford because we got so many clips today like and they're posting all the clips but like but yeah there's a couple guys in that crew who are just like like, to this day i'm kind of like fuck those guys like (laughs) um there's like one dude in particular who i won't name but um i don't even think he ever even like acknowledged me as a person like he was just kind of like like i don't I don't know. I think it's probably more on him than anything. Like, he was just trying to, like, be cool with, like, Farmer and Bellino and, like, didn't really know how to be, like, a normal person Mm -hmm. and just be like, like, 
Hey, um, what's up? My name's like, yeah, like he just like, it was just like a weird, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just like weird, like this, like non-acknowledgement, like, and I, I truly felt at the time, like it was like, he was kind of big time in us. Like, oh, you're not you're not notable in the rollerblading world. So like, I, I kind of felt that was why he was like that. And I, mm-hmm. like, that just didn't sit well with me, especially when like John Bellino was like, honestly, one of the coolest dudes ever. Like I, like I ended up like hanging with him kind of one-on-one and like that dude was like cool as fuck and like completely detached from any ego. And, and like Chris Farmer too. Like I, that dude was super respectful and like, um, like really the only one there. I mean, him and John Bovino and I guess Jeff Howard to an extent, like they probably were the only ones that could have been like kind of big time in people, but like they were not doing that. And, and I'll, I'll just be honest, like Garlinghouse kind of, I wasn't, I didn't really get a, good vibe from that dude but i will say like in the my interactions with him after that he's been like nothing but cool Mm -hmm. and like super gracious like for us for me like letting them like giving them a place to stay and like kind of like surprised me with like how how like nice that dude actually Uh, was i think i I think think he just kind of yeah i think i just kind of got a bad impression and was like wrong but there were dudes there who, like, seriously, like, weren't that cool. And then, um, yeah, and then just kind of, like, I, I remember John Bellino was super bummed because, like, he was he was there to be on tour. And, like, I mean, at that time, 2009, I mean, dude was probably in, like, the top five of, like, in-demand skaters, like, like to this day, John Bellino is one of my favorite skaters. Like I, he's a guy I would show like a non-rollerblader a section of because like, dude's fucking. I like, think like that's the, the same year that he got second at Bitter Cold to um, Happy, and then because uh, I was one of the people that carried him out, cheering him as as the uh, the true winner. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember I, I was, like, one of those people that was, like, holding him up. It was like, you did it, John. You won. Yeah. That dude, was, <laughs> that dude was, like, like, that guy, I feel like if anyone deserved to be, like, paid and a, live a pro, like, live that skateboarder money lifestyle, Mm-hmm. I feel like it was that dude. Like he was, um, like amazing skater. Like and seeing him in real life is like, you really get a taste of that. Cause like dude would just, like he threw a switch five forty on like this double set, like first try, and it's like I didn't even. I've never done a regular five forty over a stair set. So like yeah, like he just that dude is like the real deal. But but yeah, so like, but yeah yeah, I hung out with. John Bellino, and he was kind of, like, griping about, like, how he was, like, in this rollerblading thing, getting all these sections and, like, articles, but, like, not even able to make any kind of money. And, like, he had a pro wheel, I think, at the time, and he was, he was like, 
talking about how like he didn't even see any money from that. Like, I don't remember what the company, I think maybe genre, like, I don't know. I don't want to speak out of term because maybe I'm wrong. But if I remember right, like he was saying, like his, he had like that pro genre wheel or whatever. And like, he didn't even get any money for it. And like, he, he was having to like live on these people's couches who were just kind of like letting him because of his like position in the industry, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember that being like very disheartening. Like, are you like, this is, I, I like, I couldn't even dream to be on his level. And like, that was kind of what I was like, at least in like some pipe dream thing. Like, Oh, I want to be like a, a guy I want to be one of the guys like I want to make it in rollerblading and then like hanging out with that dude and he's like saying like man this sucks like I'm gonna get a job like busting tables at this cafe because like I can't fucking eat like on my own like if I want to go and get some food like I can't do it because I don't have any money like I gotta like mooch off people and it sucks and I was like uh, that was kind of eye-opening and then like even Jeff Howard, like, he had, like, given us some wheel, like, some of his pro wheels, and, like, mm -hmm. in my opinion, at that time, especially, like, Jeff Howard was a name, like, a pretty big name, and, but he was, like, I was a line cook at the time, and I had, like, like, when we picked them up, like, I had to go to work after that, so, like, they were like, dude, can you get us some food? So I, like, had to, like, low-key cook some food and, like, put it into go boxes and, like, feed them. And Jeff Howard was like, yeah, dude, I'm a cook, too. Like, he's telling me how he's, like, cooking at a pizza place. And I was like, wait, what? Like, you're doing the same thing I am, but, like, you're, like, this dude that I, like, is in the magazines and stuff I'm looking at. Like, that's kind of, like... Yeah, also eye-opening, like, man, this – and, like, I could – Chris Farmer, who was, like, iconic, like, there there aren't many rollerbladers who are, like, kind of on that, like, I, I don't know. I know they're all, like, real people, but, like, Chris Farmer was kind of, like, on that, that DL level or something, like – and I he didn't complain, but I could tell that he was, like – what the fuck am I doing with my, like, I, I definitely got that vibe. Like he was like, mm -hmm. what, like we're stuck in bumfuck Illinois <laughs> indefinitely. Cause like their bus just like, they kept calling to get it checked on and they're like, Oh, it's going to be another few days. And like, they ended up staying like way longer than was planned. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like a wake up call to me. Like, man, even if you like were to get, to a level of skating where, like, you can be, like, something, like, that you're still, like, not in a better place than you are now, like, as a nobody, and that definitely kind of, I think, I don't think I realized it at the time, but, like, subconsciously, I was, like, oh, I think maybe I should start, like, focusing my efforts and building something outside of this world, because, like, mm -hmm. it's impossible to, like, do something with it and um and then but then we went to bitter cold like the following february so this was like august of 09 and bitter cold was february of 2010 mm -hmm. and and i ran into like 
all those dudes, and I'm not going to name names again, but, like, no, like, said what's up to some of them, and it was, like, who the fuck are you kind of thing. Like, yeah, no acknowledgement of, like, like, there was, a, like, I w- like, like I said, like, Garling House. I think I had actually seen a few of them and, like, tried to say hi and kind of got snubbed and was, like, what the hell? And I think Garling House actually, like, like, after that, I was, like, oh, I'm just, I'm not even going to, like, bother because these dudes either clearly don't remember me or they're just, like, big time in me because they're at, like, bitter cold. And uh, I think Garling House actually, like, I didn't say anything to him. And he was, like, yo, Joe, what's up, dude? Like, <laughs> how are you doing? Like, yeah, proved to me, like, wow, wow, this guy's, like, a super cool dude. And, like, yeah, Blake Cohen, Aaron Peterson, those three guys are great guys. Um <laughs> John Bellino, great guy. Um, the other guys, I don't know. I think they are probably okay guys, but um, at that juncture, when I crossed paths, they uh, either somehow forgot who I was, which is kind of hard to believe because I stayed at my house for like eight days, mm-hmm. or they chose to like snub me, which I think is kind of fucked up. And, uh, that also added to, like, my demise a little bit, I think. So I was like, all right, fuck, fuck this. Like, like, you guys are big celebs, big rollerblading celebs. Like, I'm a nobody. Like, fuck you. And one of them, I had another interaction even after that. Like, he had come to this contest in Madison, and, like, I think he bought one of my shirts that I was selling. And, like, I stood there like, kind of making small talk with him, Mm -hmm. and, like, he did not, it was clear that, again, like, either he didn't remember me, which I feel is very unlikely, or was just being, like, a douche, and I think the latter is, is kind of the reality of it, and I don't know, I'm, I guess I'm sensitive to stuff like that, but, like, it really, like, kind of, pissed me off and like left me like feeling like I don't know if this is supposed to be like my community and like something I am really passionate about I don't like like whatever that is like I don't I don't like this hierarchy of like cool guys and like I I don't even think these guys are that cool so I was kind of like all right time to focus on things that I'm actually good at because I'm mm-hmm. not the best skater. I'm never going to be the coolest dude in, like, the crowd. Like, um, I don't know. So, that yeah, that was kind of a bummer. And I kind of, like, kind of made me, like, focus my efforts elsewhere, I guess. Okay. Oh, and I should add that they titled their movie. It wasn't just Too Much Love 2. It was Too Much Love 2, The Breakdown. Um, oh, yeah, had, The Breakdown had no footage of them, like, breaking down, or, like, I think they did have footage of it breaking down, but they didn't, like, have any footage of, like, like, my van has one, it is visible, like, I drove a van at the time, my van has, there's one clip where it's visibly seen, but there was no, like, I was skating, I got some clips, I would think, like, you would at least put, like, a clip in there just as like and be like hey thanks 
to this guy for like allowing us to continue the video while our RV was being prepared, especially considering the whole theme of the video was this breakdown. <laughs> um, but yeah, they didn't, they didn't put any clips, any like, there was no, I didn't get a thank you in the thing. Like they had a thank you section and like not even a mention. And that, that was like really when I was like, all right, fuck this dude who made the video who I'm not going to name. But like, fuck that guy. Fucking dork. <laughs> um, I'm being petty. But no, I just thought that was lame. Like, come on, man. Your video is centered around one premise and like you don't even like kind of acknowledge all the uh aftermath of that, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought, I thought that was super lame. And, uh, but yeah. Blake Cohen's cool. I want to just like let's take this home here. Like, it's like, like I got one quick question. Like, would you ever see yourself like skating again, like in a non-aggressive sense, like getting like just a regular pair of skates, just to, like just to be active? Um, I mean, I actually have done that, but I don't. Honestly, I don't, I think I want to get like some like really big wheels because I don't, like I, I ride a bike, um, for mm-hmm. like transportation and stuff. And I just, I have used big wheels. Like I got some big wheels and put them on my Volos and like, um, yeah, I like, I, it's fun when you're going down hills, but like realistically, it's just not really the best transportation so i i do want to try like some of the really big ones um but i just feel like man i if i can ride a bike and it's easier then it just kind of doesn't make sense to to do that but yeah i mean i and i you know i fucking skated at a skate park like a month ago so yeah i would definitely i'm not done skating or anything like i yeah i'm still down to do it like um yeah, I'm I'm not against it. I just kind of fell out and it's not intentional, but like yeah. Um but yeah, yeah. So like yeah. life happens. Right. It's not like I intentionally chose to like never skate again. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's just where I'm at now. Okay, well. Awesome. It's a good talk. It's uh, good to hear like about the uh home area for me again and like all those stories, like, especially Woodworth, like, I, I never, I knew you worked there, I just didn't know, like, how the application process works, so it's, like, good to learn that, uh, but, uh, hey, do you have any, uh, plugs here for us? Uh, yeah, I guess, um, just my Instagram, Joe underscore Tallman underscore, um, my website, joe-tallman.net, I just, for my artwork, I should specify. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think that's about it. Joe Tallman illustration on Facebook. If anyone's still using that, throw bloody. There, everyone still uses it very much. All right, cool. Yeah, <laughs> actually, Montre has been talking to me. I might be working with him, so Ooh. Um, I might have some involvement in some rollerblade gear. Maybe not, but just Hopefully teasing so. that out there. Yeah. Awesome. Can't wait to see it. 
But uh, yeah, so like I said, thanks for coming on. And uh, well, until next time. Uh, okay, bye now. All right, bye. Cigarette smokes.